Welcome to Brothers Red, the unique LFC fan podcast brought to you by Five Brothers. After a third place finish in the Premier League last season, Klopp's men have reconvened in dribs and drabs in their pre-season base in Salzburg in Austria. After a little bit of moving around there and some pre-season games, they've made their way over to France, to Evian, and they're gearing up now for some final pre-season matches before the first Premier League game of the season against Norwich away on the 14th of August. Uh, first game of the season, Matt. Are you looking forward to it? Absolutely. Pre-season excitement. Um, can't wait, as always. It's gone a little bit under the radar, hasn't it, with the with the Euros and the, and the Olympics. And I can't believe now that it's kind of less than two weeks away now for the, for the, for the start of the season. It feels a bit like a fresh, fresh start, doesn't it? Uh, having Van Dijk, Gomez, Matty back as well. So it feels like we can start off fresh and perhaps um, continue on from the from the season before last. After that kind of that great finish to the end of the season, really managing to get third place. Sounds a bit stupid, though, James. But I, I think I still need the the week or so before the season starts just to get in the right frame of mind. Just because last season it seemed like we were saturated with football, both in respect to the, the amount of games that we were playing, but also the Euros. Just not I've had a bit too much football, so I need a bit of a break now for the next week or so just to get myself ready to go for a new season. Yeah, Paddy, are you feeling confident for next season? Because there's been a lot of rumblings on social media about lack of transfer activity, complaints about Liverpool having to sell players before they, they can potentially buy others in. You've got City possibly looking to splash the cash with signings of Grealish and Kane. United have bought Sancho and Varane, sort of like our, our nearest rivals are sort of flexing their muscles. How do you feel about it all? I've got a bit of tunnel vision, to be honest. I'm just... Concentrate on Liverpool. Um, feel quite refreshed after the break. We ended the season really well last year. Um, and it's more just excitement, really. You know, having the two, well, the three centre-halves back is exciting. So hopefully they can get some fitness. And um, ready to go next year. Like, I think the the management team have deserved um, a, just a bit of space to do the thing. Like, they always come up with shocks and surprises. I'm not going to judge the transfer activity and the, the contract situation until it's the end of the window. Um, they deserve that time to get it right and um, get the right deals over the line. And if we were to go in Norwich, the squad we've got now, then I still think we're the we're the best team in the league. Um, so yeah, yeah, confident and excited. Andy, if if if, if City. Um, sign Grealish and or Kane that's going to make them better I would have imagined for next season uh, do you think Liverpool need to do a little bit more in the market yourself or are you are you happy we've brought in Canate who looks like an excellent prospect may possibly start the season with Matip or do you think we've got enough actually to to get going and last the campaign with the squad that we've got? Well, I think I'd be confident about Liverpool doing really well this season if we could maintain the starting 11. I think 
that starting 11 with the introduction of Van Dijk back in the team, Gomez or Matip, I think that can rival City. And even with the addition, let's just say Grealish goes or Kane goes, I still feel confident that Liverpool could challenge. The reservation I have is now we've made the same point for the last two seasons is the drop in quality between the first 11 and the rest of the squad is, is fairly significant. It's a big gulf. And that's where my concern is because we still have the likes of Shaq, Ox, Arigi, those players who are good players, good servants of the club, but I don't think that they are the right players to be able to challenge City. And even if you look at Chelsea now, we shouldn't forget they're now European champions. Um, Man United, as, as you've said, James, has strengthened. So I hear what Paddy says, that we need to be patient and we just need to see what comes in, what, how this transfer window unfolds. But certainly my view is that we need at least two quality additions. Now, I don't know whether that's going to transpire because I don't think Liverpool... We've seen this over the last couple of years. They're not going to be held to ransom for players. So they're not going to splash out extortionate amounts of money. They always look for the right players at the right price. But I do have a bit of concern about that. Um, but then you have to just, the final point I would want to make is that, you know, last year, if you look at it, take away the injuries, we brought in Thiago and Jota. And that those were two on paper, needing the performances. Um, Jago, the, the back end of the last season, and Jota throughout, really, until he got injured. Those were quality additions, and that's what I'd be looking for this year, two well, quality additions. If you, if you look at it, if you play... If you play the three midfielders that we would like, probably, Thiago, Henderson and Fabinho, there's no way that they're going to play all the games. It's, you know, Henderson will pick up Knox... Fabino does does pick up knocks and Thiago's never had a full season where he's been fit. So that means with them, that them three, there's going to be one or two of them potentially missing, missing at, at specific times. So then so then you look at, as you said, the, the backup, you've got Ox, you've got Kaiser, you've got Jones. Um Kaiser, Milner. Milner as well, of course, yeah, Milner. But you know, you've you've got to be said that probably we need another. Um, classy addition in, in that midfield as well. Let's be honest, Matt. If there's talk, of course, of Kane going to the City, and he he would most definitely improve City's team. It's been you know, with the absence of Aguero, he will definitely score the goals. But I think James, a lot um, is contingent on our front three as well. Last year they weren't at the best collectively. I think perhaps you could say Salah individually was. Um, pulled, pulled his weight exactly but you know, a lot is dependent on whether they can hit the ground running at the start of the season if they're on form those three and in particular I would for me you know he needs to have um, a renaissance really in terms of his performances but if they hit the ground running and we're able to amass the you know, the amount of goals that we have in the last couple of seasons we should be in good shape I just still have that map and you've just touched upon the point that I really wanted to make the midfield the, the first three midfields I think pick, pick themselves don't they well that's it but the midfield is the concern but 
James, me and James were talking about the attack as well, didn't we, James? About the African Cup of Nations being a being a massive thing as yeah. well, you know. Yeah, there's there's just an issue about squad depth for next season. We probably look need to carry on trimming the squad. But we've got those players like uh, Div, Shaq, uh, possibly Tacky. Someone like Nico Williams is unsettled, doesn't play a lot, and there's some doubts about his quality. And you've got players like Nat Phillips who. Is probably going to be interesting a lot of teams with his displays last season. So there's a potential for some players to move on. And the, the, the backup players are either somewhat uninspired or lacking in, in quality or injury prone. I think we're probably going to solve the defensive problem if we if we keep another um if we keep a fifth centre-back. But I don't know who that centre-back's going to be, Pad, because you've obviously got uh, Matty, Virgil and uh, Gomez and Ibu as the main four centre-backs. Maybe Matip and Canate are going to start the season, but who do you keep as a as a fifth centre-back? Well, I think it's just, I think that's, um, would be the first choice, as, as fifth choice, sorry. Um, but I, th- I think he's, I think he's, des- I think he's entitled to now, if he wants to go and get regular football, get a chance to play Premier League football, uh, first choice for someone mid table, like they don't, don't really want to stand in his way. I think he's earned his his chance to have a good, like good, good career, and he, he gave us so much last year. Um, I think that fifth choice is going to be. You know, last last ditch, last resort. So I know you've got still people coming back long term injuries, but hopefully we won't have to rely on them. So someone like Williams to come in, play a couple of games. He's still a young lad, still learning. I'd I'd be happy with that outcome. Really, cash in on Nat Phillips and keep Williams for another year, say, and see how his development goes on. Yeah, I'm not really sure about that point, Matt, because. You can see that Nat Phillips may well go because he'll want to play, as Paddy says, and they'll probably get a decent bid for him. And it just seems a bit unfair to his quality and what he did for us last season. And frankly, he was amazing. You know, he saved us, really, uh, to keep him as a sort of, you know, a fifth centre-back. The only thing I would say is that, uh, you know, Van, Van Dyke and Gomez have come back from very serious knee injuries they're probably not going to start the season. There's no guarantee um, that they're not um, going to run into difficulties. I mean, uh, you know, we hope to go. I think, sorry to interrupt, James, but I think you're missing an important point as well. That Matty really, from his injury record, is really only a half a centre-back. <laughs> well, in I know, a sense. the other point. Because he is in a... He, I feel Matty on his day is, is world-class. He's proven that. Yeah. But he's so injury prone that there's massive questions whether you're going to get any games out of him, really. Uh, so it kind of makes him, he, he's like a bonus centre back almost. Um, and then you do need that quality um, fifth choice centre back, don't you? So Nat, Nat Phillips would fit into that, really. Well, that's um, it. I mean, Maybe Andy, if he's if he's actually if we keep him as a fifth centre back, 
for the sake of 15 million, uh, maybe we should, because in reality, he may not be a fifth centre-back. He may start the season as the third centre-back behind Matip and Canate. We just don't know how how quickly Van Dijk and Gomez are going to be able to reintegrate themselves. But as Matt said, Matip's a, a brilliant player and a bit of a crowd favourite. Um, but he, he played... This is a constant theme. Look at this Liverpool squad with certain individuals. Nine, nine starts last season, 10 appearances in total. Previous season, similar figures. Um, started eight, um, was on the bench, uh, came on for one of those games. Season before that, he managed to start 17 games and uh, had um, five substitute appearances. So he's not really a player you can rely upon. I mean, I'm expecting Matip to be sort of breaking down with an injury by about September. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Paddy makes a slightly different point. I think Paddy, he may hate me for this for trying to quote him, but I think Paddy's saying that as a Liverpool fan, you couldn't really criticise Phillips if he went went off to another club for first-team football. I think Paddy's agreeing with you, James, that um, Nat Phillips would certainly be a, a key addition to that back line if he was prepared to stay. Um, I think the point that you make on Gomez and Van Dijk is a legitimate one um, because if they've been out for nine months apiece, they're going to take at least, um, I mean, not, not a, sport, a sports physio here, but assessing knowledge how this at least three, three months to get back up to the speed of the Premier League because you can't forget about that. You're dealing with um, strikers in the Premier League who are you know, going to be fully fit, dangerous, and all you need in the Premier League is a drop five, five or so percent, and that's significant. So yeah. I think we're going to need to rely upon those key individuals that helped us last year, and, and certainly Phillips would, would come within that category. I would think. Sorry, I would just wait. Uh, I would think that Van Dijk will probably be quicker than Gomez. I feel uh, uh, recovering and fitting back in just because of the way he plays and his experience. So it might take him a few games, maybe a month, but Gomez, it might take a little bit more time. Because um, it's, it's, but it's about the extent of the injuries as well, but it seems like the Van Dyke has made generally better progress. But just on that, Matt, yeah. just on that, Matt, taking your medical opinion, usually when you've come back from an injury, you're quite likely to pick up another injury because the muscles are kind of, I know there's all the physios and stuff, training for months but usually when you come back let's say you have like a hamstring injury you pick up like a calf injury or something because your body's just not used to that demand yeah I was going to say speak to an orthopedic consultant about that one um, um, I don't know about that one yeah no no it is it's but they the, the thing is now the medical um, the medical science is so good now at these the, the, these clubs that the, 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 um, the kind of the rehab is advanced and it's tailored towards that that player's specific needs. So you've just got to have confidence, really, in that in that rehab and that. Yeah. But Ox had similar problems when he was had he had a knee injury, didn't he? And then he come back and had a couple of niggles and stuff. Was out a month here and there because just getting his body back up to that yeah. physical <laughs> demand of playing regularly. 
There's definitely some truth in that, yeah, absolutely. He's not been the same uh, player, Paddy, has he, after that injury? I, mean, I don't know whether that's just a drop in form or injury-related, injury but it would be you know, perilous, I think, from, for Liverpool to to risk those two players by... I can't see how they're going to start in the opening four or five games because we know, don't we, how catastrophic it is for the Liverpool outfit. If Van Dijk is, is not playing, so to, to rush that decision or to risk Van Dijk is one that I don't think Liverpool will take. Yeah, I just think, I, I just raise this now because it seems like a bit of a peripheral issue. It's certainly gone under the radar because you, you look at the four of them now with the with with the, the, the two serious uh seriously injured players coming back. There's, there's four of them out there all fit. But in reality, as Matt says, you've got three and a half there straight away. And the other two are coming back from serious injury. So I'm just wondering with Phillips whether it's a situation whereby you want to have a look at it in January and say, let's keep him until January. Let's see how the season pans out. At that point, there should still be the teams uh, looking uh, for a centre-back. Because I think in terms of other options as a fifth centre-back, you don't want to go back to Fabinho being you know, the, 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 the backup centre-back because of all the problems that caused last season. And the other thing is, I think uh, uh, Ben Davis is not actually training with the the first team squad in Evian at the moment. I think he's back with the, I think he's back at Kirby. Um, so I don't know whether he's alone. Who's that? Exactly Ben Davis. I mean, he has he's, he made his appearance, didn't it? First appearance the other week in one of the friendlies. But then you're looking at uh, Reese Williams is probably going to go out on loan. It's no good for him to be hanging around. So we're just yeah. whether he might, he might, he might keep Phillips. I just can't imagine he'll want to take a risk. Yeah, so I think to summarise is this is obviously, we're speculating, it's going to take Van Dyke three or four games maybe to get back. It's going to take Gomez six, seven, eight, nine games to come back. We've got Matip who uh, could easily get injured. And then that leaves the young lad, Canate, and it leaves Nat Phillips, really, isn't it? So um, it seems like it's a priority to keep to keep Nat Phillips, really. The other thing um, to say on that, Matt, as well, is, let's be honest, Van Dijk is, is always going to be number one in that centre-back pairing, but why shouldn't Nat Phillips be given the opportunity to try and make his claim to that second position? And you could say, well, Gomez has demonstrated he's been his skill by being in the team that won Premier League and also Champions League. But I think he, I think Paddy said this before, he certainly deserves the opportunity. If he, you know, if there's a run of games, why not give him the chance to, to be alongside Van, Van Dyke? Well, I, I think it's the style of centre-half he is. Because Van Dyke wins everything, doesn't he, in the air? And then you usually have another centre-half that kind of mops up and maybe will... You know, recover or can be a bit more aggressive. Um, I think with Phillips, he wants to head, head of everything, doesn't he? So, do you need two ball winning centre halves, like physically top? Do you know what I mean? In the air, or you could, you could just have one who's going to mop up. That's why, that's why Gomez Van Dyke gives you a nice balance because uh, of, the, of the kind of style of play. I think, I think finally, on that, Nat, Nat Phillips needs to sign a long term contract somewhere before they ban heading in football. As if, uh, hey James, you know, James, how, 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 
how annoyed as well would uh, Fabino be if he had to play centre back again? He'd be like, he'd be like, wouldn't he? would be like, I wish he didn't sign that five-year contract. <laughs> There'd be so many like you know S- Spanish expletives muttering uh, going on there at, at, at Kirby. But I, I, the other, the other thing coming back to coming back to the the, the squad a bit. Going, I didn't mean to go off on the the defence there, but um, obviously uh, Liverpool is, are investing a lot of money at the moment in squad retention. There's been out, outcries about the lack of signings, although you know Canate has been brought in for substantial cash. Fabinho's today signed a five-year contract, which is very good news. Last week, massive news as far as I'm concerned, Trent signs a, a, a contract extension, which apparently is going to put him up with some of the top earners at the club. I think it's important that we, Pad, don't lose sight of the fact that we've got a brilliant team. And what's actually really important is to keep the players that we've got so we don't have situations like with... Um, you know, Suarez is the best example in the past of losing top players at the peak when they can make a difference at the top of the table. Yeah, I think that process of, of kind of building the team again takes a long time. I, don't, I think it should be done over four or five years. I don't think you should write off players who are at 28, 29, 30. You've still got three or four good uh, world-class level in them. Um, kind of been watching, they've been watching the last dance of Michael Jordan and uh, they were kind of getting him out the door too early and they were like, you know, Jordan and Pippin were like, we're still, we're still winning the championship. Like, let us, let us be able to defend it. Like, the day we don't win it, then you just can kick us out. So, then there's an argument of just like, you know, if it's not, it's not broken, you know, stop you know, trying to fix it. It's important that we, you know, keep, the core of that team tied down to long contracts and happy and, and it was great to have Trent. He was always going to sign uh, Fabino, and then we need to get we need to get Mo and Hendo signed up um, and Mane as well. Um, and then you've got your core then, and you can start you can start adding in one or two signings each year, and it'll it will refresh over the years. But there's absolutely no rush at the moment. That starting eleven is still gold dust. And it's still got lots of years in it, um, so it's encouraging that they're signing people people up and um, just want more to sign. Really, like I've seen just the Hendo stuff start, you know, a couple of weeks ago, start, you know, starting to panic. The other interesting point, Paddy, is that I know I, I said before that we need two two quality uh, additions to the squad, but arguably, upon the other hand, you could say, well, we've got. If we're looking at the midfield and the attacking players as being a cause of concern, do we not rely upon the youngsters? Now, I know that Elliot had um, a glowing review, didn't he, from last year. Whether he could come in and offer that that flair and that support in an attacking sense, I think certainly a lot of Liverpool fans would agree with giving him a shot this year. I don't know whether he's going to go back out on loan. And also, Paddy, your favourite player, um, Curtis Jones, whether... Curtis could be a useful replacement for those the three midfielders we've highlighted as being probably the ones that will start most of the game. So I think that's an interesting question, James, as to whether that may be part of Klopp and his team's thinking, whether 
bringing in Elliot and having the, the backup of, of, of Curtis gives them the opportunity to demonstrate that they can compete the highest level in that Liverpool team. Mm. Yeah, I think I think what's going on is that the the, 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 the squad is is slowly being rebuilt because you've got uh, players like uh, Elliot, who's probably the youngest. You've got Curtis, you've got Trent, you've got Canate and Jota who've been brought in uh, probably the, the last two signings, maybe. Uh, I can't remember who came in last out of Thiago and Jota, but I think that those, those are players, those two brought in as part of a rebuild. I think the players that they're going to bring in this summer if they bring in a couple, are going to be 24. Because although Paddy's right, I think, that if it's not broke, don't fix it. You know, keep playing these players. What you can't do is, you know, have a, have a sort of brilliant 23-24 season and then fall off a cliff the next year because you haven't done succession planning. So I think both things have got to happen with, alongside each other. I think you've got to tie down your top players, but at the same time start to acquire younger players around the 24 uh, mark year old mark who've got star potential one of the things that i'm concerned about is which is part of the midfield is that we've we, we've let genie go i don't think any of us are happy about um about genie leaving even though he's 30 there's a possibility that hendo could leave in the next one to two years i mean uh, you'd hope that, 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 that they'd be able to reach some sort of agreement with, with Henderson, but it looks as though FSG, based on what the Athletic are reporting, are saying that he's 31 and they're not prepared to, to extend his two-year contract on uh, substantial wage on substantial wages. And um, so you've got all the, those things bu bubbling in the background, but then you look at how do we replace Genie's uh, sort of, you know, 38 appearances from last season? I mean, are, yeah. are, you, are, you are any of you confident that Ox and Keita uh, are going to be able to step up and fill and, and fill the Genie void? Well, on the Ronaldo question, I think I've always taken the view, and you may all disagree with this, but if a player doesn't want to play at Liverpool or they want to move on, and it seems to be the case, and what the reports are, is that Liverpool wouldn't meet his wage demands, and PSG have done that. So if he doesn't want to you know, have two-year contracts to play for Liverpool, then my view is that, you know, although he's an incredible, incredible servant for Liverpool, and I really do, um, I think we will, sorry, we will miss him next year. Um, it's one of those. I'm just trying to sort of cast Winnie from my mind at the moment. I think, yeah, he was saying that can Ox, Jones, or Kai to do the job. I was going to come on to answer that. I question. know. He's just sort of telling me to help you out. Let's give a bit of a background to my answer before I launched into answering the actual question. In much the same way that James normally does with his questions, he answers them before he, um, he asks them. But yeah, so it comes back to the point, James, doesn't it, about um, what I said at the outset of the pod, really, about the you, you remove the first layer, the, the, the best players. Do you have sufficient cover? Now, Ox, we've said this for now at least two seasons, that he's just not quite. He's had that spell where he was you know, really good and you thought he's going to meet his potential and he falls, he falls back again. 
Now, he's looked quite sharp in pre-season. We've seen that before with him. I'm less confident about him in, in much the same way I am about Kaita. Now, again, I'm sort of treading on and criticising Paddy's favourite player here as well, the Kaita, so he may not be happy about how many this. How many favourite players have we got? Just, just two, um, <laughs> Curtis and Kaita. <laughs> Those are your two star players. Um, All right. Thanks for telling Kaita, me. But with Kaita, James, um, I think most Liverpool fans would say that they're coming towards the end of the patience with Kaita. And no doubt he's, you know, he's a decent player, he's a good player, but he's just injury prone, isn't he? I don't think, since he's been at Liverpool, I don't think he's been able to string together any consistency. That, that, that may be due. The fact that he's not been playing week in, week out. I just had a few uh, niggling, yeah. niggling injuries, but um I think I'll just give you some give you some stats about appearance wise on 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 both players and also some wide wider stats. So with, with Oxlade Chamberlain, just very quickly, he, he's been he, he's been around um for nine nine Premier League seasons and as a very young player breaking through, but the, the, the most minutes he's amassed in a Premier League season, uh, 1,563. Um, the, his, his best performance for Liverpool, this is season five he's coming into, is in 1920, um, he, which is the year we That's won. 100 years ago, isn't it? 1920, we won the league, didn't we? Yeah, 1920. Uh, he, he, he actually um, clocked up uh, 1493 minutes, started 17 games in the Premier League, which is quite impressive, and, and uh, made 13 sub-appearances. So that was actually a decent return for him because last season he played 246 minutes in the Premier League. Two starts, eleven cameo appearances, but you're looking about Genie Wijnaldum. I mean, Genie Genie plays every single game, so if if Genie's not there, who who comes in? So that's that's what you're talking about with Ox. He's never managed more than sort of circa fifteen hundred minutes in a Premier League season. Naby Keita last season, uh, he well he 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 gets five hundred twenty four Premier League minutes. Seven starts, three sub appearances. Season before last, nineteen twenty, which is a title winning year, eight hundred and fourteen minutes. Starts nine games, nine sub appearances. Um, his first Premier League season, it was the best, and that was underwhelming. Thirteen ninety four minutes, sixteen starts, nine sub appearances. Now, that to me is a very clear message that there is no way you can rely on those two players to fill the genie gap. You can hope you can watch LFC TV go and uh, marvel at the, the performances in preseason on the training ground. But ultimately when the time comes, I don't think they're going to be there. That's a little misleading that stat though, James, because what you're saying is that they've not managed to amass many starts in the Premier League or game time, but is that due to all? Of the, is all of that due to injury, or is that due to the fact that Klopp's just not picked them? Because if it's the latter, you could say, couldn't you, that they've not had the opportunity to have the string of games. Now, if Wijnaldum is no longer there, then Ox presumably comes in to some extent to fill that void. Do you see there's a distinction there that if it's yeah. all injury, all injury related, then I could your point. I think is strengthened because you're saying well, they, they couldn't simply 
most of it is go the distance but if it's most just not being given the opportunity yeah i'm not i'm I'm, they're they're obviously mixed mixed stats yeah ox was fit wasn't he for quite a while last season but he never got played because clock wanted continuity in the midfield ultimately he wasn't prepared to play him now you could look at that in a positive way and say, well, well, Ox has been fit now for what over half a season of last year is flying in pre-season. There's no reason why you can't do a sort of 1920 season and clock up 1500 minutes. The thing with Keita is that he was brought in as a starter. And that's what you have to remember is that if Naby is fit, he should be starting. Because that he's been brought in for a, what was his transfer fee over fifty million, you can see the the talent he's got. Um, so I, I think I agree with you. The stats are a little bit more nuanced, but what you will remember about Ox is he's never he's never clocked more than sort of fifteen hundred minutes ever in the last nine seasons, and Keita is now in season four, and his appearances are going down, not up. Largely because of injuries, not had a major injury. He's, I mean, Jota, Tiago had medium-term injuries last season. Kite has not had them. It's just, you know, seems to be, um, I don't know, sort of fragile. Seems to pick up knocks. And I think Pad, we, I think Pad, we have to get. I mean, Curtis, Curtis can pick up some minutes, but Klopp likes continuity, doesn't he? I mean. I mean, Hendo as well. I mean, Hendo, Fabinho and Thiago, like one of you said earlier, you know, they're not going to start every game because was it you, Matt, who said it? You know, they, they've, they're, they're not at genie level as, in terms of endurance. So I think, it's a, I think it's a bit of a problem. It's something to keep the eye on um, as to whether these players are going to be able to pick up the slack. Yeah, I think... It, it, Jones is still learning, isn't he, as well? Jones has adapted very well last season to the clock style of play because he was a bit more of an adventurous midfielder, wasn't he? So so that's that's a positive thing, you know, if he, he, if he keeps um, improving. But you would think that we would need to bring in another quality midfielder, wouldn't we, 30 or 40 million pound midfielder to, to actually kind of um, freshen things up to bring in that cover and quality... You know, there's been lots of links as the Tielemans, other players like that. Um, it's just it's assessing how much yeah. weight you weight you can attach to those rumours because Tielemans, for example, would James. I think that would meet your concern, wouldn't it? If you remove Ronaldo and you bring in someone who I don't don't have his stats to hand, but he seems he seemed like he was a fairly routine member of the Leicester team last year. Um, he would be someone with a bit of energy um, who would be of a similar mould, mould I think, of, of Ronaldo. Yeah, it I comes mean, back to the point that Paddy makes. If you just don't really know, do we, what, what is in Klopp's mind at the moment, maybe he doesn't have any of the concerns that we've raised, or maybe he does. Um, well, get, can I say something, though? Sorry, Abdelay. But the, the, the thing is, you've got to remember is that we have to kind of learn from the defensive mistake of last season and not getting in a centre-back um, earlier. 
that was a good learning. Lear well, it's an important lesson, really. And I think what we're trying to say here is that we do need another quality midfielder to, to avoid a real quality drop if we get two or three injuries in midfield. Yeah, I, I think, though, that the ideal signing, I, I have no idea who it will be. Paddy will probably be someone who is, um, like I said earlier, 24, possibly, possibly 23, who is someone who's not at the top tier, but who, who, with a development season, can then make the next step to becoming a, a top Premier League player, because that sort of player is probably what we need if we're going to start with that sort of dream midfield three. We need someone who can pick up the minutes and develop into a, a top player. Yeah, for the style of play we have, um, our midfielders are an engine and they do a lot of work for the other players. And that's a, when you're playing three games a week, it's quite a lot on the legs. And you're saying, you mentioned the injury record of some of the players. You can't keep up with that. Um, we have got seven midfielders, um, but I think losing Ronaldo is a, is, a, is a big hole, really, in terms of that engine. So I think having some of that, someone quite athletic, someone you know, who can, who has proven injury record, he's played a lot of minutes, experience, the right quality, you know, Jung does fit it, but I think I would like someone who could come in for a Champions League game and play. Um, someone like, that we've been linked with that Saul, haven't we, from Atletico Madrid, would be, would be ideal, really. Is that, is the similar age bracket you're saying, you know, between 24 and 27, He's got all the experience. He's played in the Dogs of War under uh, Simeone. Someone of, of, of that ilk, um, but definitely lots of energy and someone who we can kind of kind of rely on, um, like we could Ronaldo, really. Um, so, because we've got a lot of technical players now in that midfield. I, I still think with Henderson and Milner, kind of getting a bit, picking up more injuries more consistently. And with losing Ronaldo, you need that kind of steely engine in midfield. Um, so someone of that of that quality um, and that style of, of style of midfielder would, I think, it's got, it's got to be on, on the those radar. But like, like I said before, I kind of trust them to have a good look and see what's in the market. Yeah, it, it, it's just a difficult one, Matt, because you, as, as Paddy was saying, you've got, you have got seven midfielders there to play three positions. But if you're going to be playing 60 games a season with the age profile and injury record of those players, I think it's an the ideal time to bring in the next generation of midfield players. I think Curtis is going to be one of the three. Um, we don't know where Elliot's going to play. Probably, I think, as a, as, a, as one of the front three, if we keep that system in years to come. But we probably need someone in midfield. And would you would you be also looking to get in a, a forward player, Matt? Um, do you think we need a someone who can play on 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 the flanks, or, or would you try to get someone in to provide cover for Firmino? Yeah, I mean. We know that if Divock and Shaq go, and then you've got Minamino, and then you've got Harvey Elliott as well. If you're gonna, if you're gonna um, put him in that in that position, um, 
the African nations is 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 the big thing, isn't it, really, James? That you, that you were talking about about the fact that um, Salah and Mane going away again, that's going to leave leave a void during that that period. But the fixtures are quite. The fixtures might be quite kind, though. I know you can't write, you know, seasons like we've started, but I think we've got a couple of home games against what you'd call lower team. There's no like big derby clashes or anything, so I don't know. Maybe we can limp on for like a couple of games with with Jota, Ox, Harvey, or something like that. Or Firmino still there, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um... I would still like us to bring in another forward. I'd like to us to bring in another midfielder and another quality forward. Um, personally, we've already brought in a, a defender. I think that'd be nice, one in each position, really. It's a bit of a double-edged sword because I know when I say this now and embark upon this point, it may sound like a bit of a contradiction, but when I said about essentially the second-tier players in the Liverpool team not being good enough, what you don't want to do is you don't want to get rid of Shaq and Origi, for example, or Ox, and then bring in a replacement which you know who isn't of that same standard. That if that makes sense, um, and you don't want to. It's that fine balance between trying to strengthen the squad but finding the right players to do so. You want someone to come in who's going to be better than those players, so Shaq yeah. and Ox. But it shouldn't be forgotten that those two players are proven Premier League players. I would say. Um, I'm, sure, and, I'm not sure about. Yeah, I mean certainly. I mean Shaq is. Is probably going to be replaced by Harvey, as well, doesn't he? Shaq's. This is what I'm saying to you, Andy. Is that we've got we've got a lot of older players now. So I think what we um, what we need to do is 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 the next in the next players that we well the players we buy this summer, and then there's going to be I think four players or possibly five players coming in next summer. That we're going to see a big a big um, spending spree like the summer of 2018, is you need to get the next generation and start to integrate them because all of the players that we've got are older players. So there's no point in bringing inexperienced pros as backup because the experienced players that we've got are going to become backup as they sort of, you know, as they, as they, as they fade out and the new players are going to come through. But I, I'm, I'm, um, I'm feeling really confident about the start of the season. I think we're going to fly out the traps I think Klopp's had the benefit of a, a really good training cramp, camp. He's had players like Salah and, and Mane with him from very early. A lot of the core players uh, probably going to start the season have had the benefit of a full preseason. Players like Ox and Furness and Naby, uh, um, Canate and Matic. And, um, you know, I, for all these little issues about, about the squad, which need to be managed, um, I, I can see us winning, you know, the, the first nine or ten games. I really can. I think there's going to be, um, you know, I think we're going to make a real put put down a real marker to the rest of the Premier League in those early games. Um, but, no, you. Should, we, we know you're, you're not a fortune teller, though, James. Giving your past predictions, so yeah. we better be a bit reserved about any of your views and how we're going to start the season. I think. Um, we've got just to wrap things up. We've got a couple of uh, well, we've got a few more uh, friendlies before we've got uh, uh, two matches, haven't we? Two matches against Bologna on on Thursday, and then we've got the two Anfield games um, uh, on Sunday against uh, Atletico Bilbao, and then Osasuna the next day on the Monday and the ninth before the Norwich game. So 
hopefully we'll get chance to see where players like um, Virgil and Gomez are in terms of their recovery, um, see how Ox and Kite are, are doing, etc., with a view to seeing whether they might even get a start with players like Thiago and Henderson arrive, and Fabinho arriving back late. But guys, thanks very much for joining me. It's great to, to see you all again. Um, hopefully we'll be joined by Fran next time when he's back from his holidays. And um, let's enjoy the rest of the, of the pre-season and get ready for Norwich. Up the Reds. You've been listening to Brothers Red, an LFC fan podcast. Your host was James Cullen. Contributors were Matthew, Francis, Patrick and Andrew Cullen. Music and production by Helen Lyon. The best word I can say when I describe this was boom. <laughs> <laughs>